Hey guys, you're listening to Terrifying Travels, the podcast where two friends discuss a true crime and a ghost story in a new city every week. I'm Sabrina. I'm Maddie. And I'm getting better at that, aren't I? That was so smooth. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so Miss Maddie, where are we going today? Today we are going to Milan or Milano in Italia, uh, in Italy. Uh, very excited to go back there. Yes, you've been. I I might actually kill to go there one day. <laughs> it's it's a <laughs> cool so city. Bad. I like originally when I told my friend like, oh, I'm going to like northern Italy and I'm going to be in Milan. They were like, why? You can just skip Milan. But actually, it was a really really cool city. It has a good vibe. Like everyone there is like really nice and. I, I don't think it should be skipped over. It's like a little hidden gem of Italy. See, and I have never heard that before. I've never considered skipping over Milan. Um, I am more into fashion, though. Although mm-hmm. I will say the case I'm covering made me very into fashion. <laughs> um, but no, I've, I love Milan. I was looking at teaching in Italy before well, I decided to go back to school. But I want to go to all of Italy. I just, I love Italy. The mm-hmm. art, the history. Um, and I am a Catholic, and I would just want to go see Vatican so badly. But mm. the Domo Cathedral in Milan, I want to see so badly. It looks yes. beautiful. Yes. Oh, I, I went in the Domo. It's just a masterpiece. So nice. However, have you ever been with me when I entered a Catholic church? No. No. Oh, there's a fun phenomenon where I cry. <laughs> <laughs> I just start crying. And I've been, I was in three or four Catholic churches in China, each time I just, like, the one when we went to Gubei, did you see the one in Gubei? No. Oh, it's it's really cute, but it's quite small, mm-hmm. and from entering to by the time I reached the front of the church, I was in full-blown tears. Oh. Yeah, it was the weirdest thing. I'm assuming it's because I have fond memories of going to, going to church with my dad. Yeah. Um, Because it wasn't, like, sad crying. It was, well, yes, it was. It's just, I miss this. Right. But yes, I'm terrified to go to, especially Vatican City, where I'll be in a whole city full of Catholic churches. Yep. (laughs) However, I think I was talking to Isaac. He says they're probably used to that. True. I imagine many get overwhelmed when they arrive there. Yes. But yes. Uh, Before we start, though, I would like to just apologize. I did miss my day trip yesterday, this week. I picked up my history textbook for a test that was on Tuesday. I picked it up on Saturday and realized I had 900 pages to read. Oh. Yeah, I didn't have a good week. And I thought, actually, I don't do this very often. I skipped dinner. Oh. Yeah, I had toast just so I could eat that while reading. Oh, my gosh. No, I'm not having fun. It's supposed it's going to get better now. I've got a lit exam tomorrow, which just pretend you're stoned and you'll pass. And then I have a history <laughs> test on Thursday, and then I'm done. Yeah. I had two tests on Wednesday and one on Thursday, and I was not. Wow, that's a lot. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. But at least you're almost done. That's good. So close. So close. Yeah. Okay. So would you like to know some interesting facts about Milan? Yes. Please tell me. Okay, and I didn't, like I always say, I didn't put too much detail in them into them because I kind of think it's funny when there's less detail. Yes. <laughs> like this first one. The king of Italian cheese brought a flock of pink flamingos to Milan in the 70s from South Africa, and they're still there. <laughs> I love that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> 
Did you see okay. any flamingos while you were there? No, none at all. <laughs> oh, because they are the birds of the Italian Cheese King. Wow, amazing. Fashion Week is hosted twice a year here since 1958. Yep. I always find it funny when things started like in the 50s. 58's not too bad, but I love when you see it like in the 40s, we started doing this and it's like, weren't you guys at war? Yeah. Aren't you guys busy <laughs> being depressed? Failing economies. like. Yeah. But I guess that the, although the wealthy will always find a reason to throw a party. Oh, yeah. But I could also understand like, yeah, but we needed something good. Yeah. And it probably would have um, simulated tourism, which simulates yeah. the economy. And yeah. I always mix up the words simulate and stimulate. <laughs> I knew what you meant. Thank I you. Got you. Okay. So the Galleria of Vittorio Emmanuel II has a bull mosaic. And if you stand on its private parts and spin around three times, you'll get good luck. Oh. Did you stand on a bull's privates? Um, so the thing is, I went there, did not see the bull, and did not see anyone standing on his privates and spinning around. Well, that's it. But I was there, but just did not do that. <laughs> I mean, one of those things where it's like, what I, I need some good luck currently, so yeah, I would do it, but I'd yeah. feel like an absolute idiot doing it if no one else was doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's like, I... It's like in Verona, you have to grab Juliet's boob yes. on her statue. So I did that. And so like now hopefully it gives me some luck in my love life, yeah. which is non-existent. Do you think if you touched her boob, then you come and touch my boob, I'll get good luck? <laughs> I could use that too. True. Maybe it transfers like that. I'll be touching boobs. Um, <laughs> like the... No, the Lindsay Lohan movie, Just My Luck, We All Have to Kiss. Huh? You don't know that movie. No. She was super lucky, and she kissed this dude at a party or something, and he stole her luck. Oh. And she got super unlucky, and so oh, they just no. kind of, once they figured it out, they kind of got in a relationship, and they just kind of kissed each other back and forth. And, like, this is all the way at the end of the movie when they sort that out. But, like, his band was supposed to go on, so she kissed him, and he had a great performance. Oh. has been three, yo. Interesting. Yes. So I remember watching that and I was like, that is amazing. Wouldn't it be great to kiss for good luck? <laughs> and now I'm older and I'm like, wow, what a fucking mess. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe there's just one person that's been going around collecting all our luck. That would True. make sense. Yeah. True. That guy I kissed at a party at night when I was 19. That bitch is probably having a great life. <laughs> Meanwhile, here I am studying for exams in three days. Oh. Yep. Okay, so it took over 500 years to build the Domo Cathedral, which yes. I said the same thing about the Great Wall. It just blows my mind that, like, people just had to accept that this would happen. Like, can you imagine being around in the first year and being told, no, 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 you'll never see this, but it'll be a beautiful cathedral for your, like, great-great-grandkids. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. The, although I guess the church doesn't really care and the Chinese emperor didn't really care at the time. Yeah. But and yeah, I just that's impressive. But you can also uh adopt the gargoyles. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Did you adopt a gargoyle? No, it's expensive. <laughs> but basically it's like making a donation yeah. to the Domo construction fund and they you get a gargoyle on the Dormo. You can also adopt stars, highways, and orca whales. Yes. I had an orca whale when I was 
for my 10th birthday. And honestly, if anyone is ever considering it, it's an amazing gift, especially to a child, because we still talk about it. Oh. Her name was Oreo, and her kids were Nutty Stuff and Cookie or something like that. Whoa. And so, like, I have that connection to that whale, and it's so, like, let's be real, they're probably not around anymore. Mm. Uh, but I love them, and it's something that now I never thought of, I would totally give to people as well. Yeah. So I highly encourage it. And you get to track the whale for the year and stuff like that. It's cool. That's nice. Yeah. Okay. There is a church, the, I can never get this word out, Basilica? Basilica. 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 Yeah. Uh, San Bernardino, Osa, which is decorated with bones. Yes. Did you see it? Yes. No. No, but I read about it in looking up the paranormal stuff for Milan. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things, it's the same thing with the Paris, um, what are they called? The underground tunnels? Catacombs. Thank you. Um, I love the concept, and I would really, really, really want to see it. But I also know I'm superstitious, and I will be crying the whole time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd be, like, shaking, crying, screaming, throwing up. Like, <laughs> not to come home with me. Like, like praying, yeah. holding a rosary, like, clutching. Rosary, it. a Quran, whatever yeah. you can give me, I will be covering all of it. Yeah, exactly. So, I love the idea, and I hope that maybe after a couple shots, we could get through it. Maybe. Yes. Yes. Okay, <laughs> so Da Vinci, not, Leon, not, not DiCaprio, Da Vinci designed the canal system in, in uh, Milan. And stuff like that always blows my mind. Like, wow, this is the same stuff these people touched. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Da Vinci had a really big, um, like, influence on Milan in general. Like, they have the high, what do you, the largest collection of his stuff in all yeah. of Italy. Yes, I went to the Leonardo experience in Milan, and it was such a cool museum. They like brought his inventions to life, his paintings to life, like. He was just like a genius. Like it's great. Right? And he was so much more than a painter. Yeah. Yeah. He, had a, he was, he was a really good. Yeah. Words. Yeah. Inventor. Like yeah, he was really like, good. Like I'm sure like, that's what he was hoping people would say about him. Oh, he was. Really <laughs> he was just like a jack of all trades. He was a poet. He was a writer. He was a painter. He was an inventor. He was just everything. Yeah. I mean, he had a lot like he's science as well. Like that painting yeah. of the human body. Yes. I read. I've found a lot of my psychology textbooks. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Like it's crazy. A true Renaissance man. There you go. A true Renaissance man. Mm-hmm. Actually, the Renaissance started in Italy, um, and it took about 250 years to spread all throughout Europe. Yep. Yes. Yes. Yep. Because I'm a history major. Yeah. History <laughs> minor. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it originally was named by the Celts in 16 600 BC. The name means sanctuary, and when the Romans kind of took back over, they just did it with the Latin version of the name. Oh. Yes. Hmm. Ah, the historic symbol, okay, this one. The historical symbol of the city shows a snake eating a man, or maybe giving birth to the man. It's not really clear. (laughs) And you know what? I never actually looked up. I was going to look it up, and then I got hungry instead. I never looked it up. I am curious what that looks like, but apparently it's just very unclear and they can't, they literally can't tell. Is it eating the man or birthing the man? <laughs> so that's cool. There yeah. is a, this one's good for us. 
there is a famous street mural that is trying to raise awareness for violence against women. And I did see a picture of it. I didn't save it, but it looked really moving. Ooh. Yeah. So I'm going to go with you didn't see that. No. <laughs> okay, now I have two laws. So Maddie, tell me if you're going to prison for this one, okay? Oh, God. There's okay. old law that states you must smile at all times while in public or face a fine. Are you paying a fine? Probably. Probably. I'll see you in Milan. My God, Maddie. I, I think I just have RBF, like, naturally, so. My dad used to tell me I'm unapproachable, and it, my response was always, then why do people keep approaching me? <laughs> like, I'd love to be unapproachable. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, now this final one, though. I think the other day we were discussing how, you know, men grab themselves in public a lot. Mm-hmm. I've noticed, and I think it was you who was saying, um, I've noticed men, whenever they leave the bathroom, they're still zipping themselves up. They don't do that while they're still in the bathroom. Right. So in Italy, it is, I think this is a recent one, too. I think it was 2008. It is illegal for men to touch themselves in public, even just a quick scratch or, quote, readjust which I love nice I like that too because I had um I don't know if I told you about this I had a surgery on my breasts when I was 15 and it hurt a lot and it Mm -hmm. still hurts and the best way to handle just a scar it hurts the best way to handle it is to just squish it yeah like it just helps and because it's painful I don't care where I am I'm just gonna put my hand on my chest and just give it a little like not a like a gropey squeeze I just put my palm and push it into my chest yeah. I don't find that a problem I'm also dealing with pain however I have had people say Sabrina that you're in public and it's like okay but how come when his balls are leaning a little bit too far to the right he could just grab a grab grab and he's good right <laughs> yeah yeah. So I love Italy for that one. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. So would you like to tell us some places in Italy where we can go and not scratch our balls? Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I have the top 10 things and blah, blah, blah. I, ah, I am hungover today. <laughs> I am hungover today. My mouth does not want to work. Uh, <laughs> okay. I have the top 10 things to do in Milan. I'll let you know what I did. And I will tell you, it's not much because I was only there for a day and I was mainly seeing a Lizzo concert. Uh, <laughs> so number 10 is the Memo- Memorial della Show di Milano. Uh-huh. It's uh, a history museum and it's by the Central Station. And I think it's a Holocaust memorial. Okay. So, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, you uploaded a ton of pictures. I did. One of them. I didn't need to interrupt you. No, you're good. Um, yeah, because I'm talking about uh, a location on this top 10 list today and all the ghosts that live there. Um, okay. Anyway. All right, <laughs> no, carry on. Yes. Number nine is the Bagatti Valsalecci Museum, another art museum, and it's that, a historical I I... house. Did I not talk about that one? Is that the one with the ball? No. Okay, never mind. No, 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 no. no. Uh, number eight is Dialogo nel Buro. Um, it's just a cool little landmark, little museum to go through. Uh, some, and then there's a bar at the end. So, 
Always a bar at the end. That's important. Yeah. Number seven is the Teatro Romano. So a Roman theater, ancient ruins. Go check it out if you like Roman history and all that stuff. Uh, number six is Chisa di San Marzerino al Monsterio Magori. Reading Italian is hard. Um, this is no, just... it sounds like you're summoning something. Fun. <laughs> yes, I'm secretly playing with a Ouija board while I'm on this call. Uh, <laughs> I have an EMF reader, but I've thought never. I don't want to pull it out alone, especially in my own house. I don't want oh. to hide me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is a really famous church and the oldest and largest female covenant in Milan. Uh, number five is the Galleria Vittorio Emmanuel II. This is the gallery that you were talking about with the bull uh, motif. I would love to go just because I'm kind of curious. Like, is there like a divot where his boy parts are? By the way, the source that I read it from, they used the word testicles. And here I am like, boy parts, private bits. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I went to this gallery because it's right by the Domo and it's super amazing. They have a really nice bookshop, but like it's literally just like a, out, like a shopping center. Uh, but it's just beautiful architecture. Like there's a Dior shop, like everything is in there. So as one would expect. Yes, 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 yes. Number four is the Castello Seforsico. Sof which I should really learn how to say that name because I'm talking about it today. Um, it was the castle that um, many lords lived in during the Renaissance and during the Italian wars. And it's just, now it's nine civic museums within this one castle, which is massive. Uh, that was an, uh, an article, or sorry, a fact that I kind of skipped over, but there is a castle in Milan that has 10 museums. Yes, I think that they may have added another one. So, okay. yeah, I think that's the same castle. Well, it's no. like the it's like the Forbidden City. At what point does that just become the museum? Exactly. Like it's a museum. You probably can get a ticket that covers all places, making it one museum. Right. Exactly. 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 Uh, number three is El Sinicolo. It's a religious site. And it is where Da Vinci painted the Last Supper, the original Last Supper. And it's the mosaic, and you can go and see it. Yes. Oh, more things that I just really, really, really want to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Uh, number two, the Piazza del Domo. I went here because it's the piazza right outside the Domo. And it's just really pretty to go and look at walk so can around you can you repeat the name one more time piazza del domo yes so plaza of the domo yeah <laughs> yeah yes yeah yeah and the number one thing to do in milan shocker is shopping shopping <laughs> yeah maybe no oh. <laughs> the domo di milano oh yes I didn't realize we haven't covered that yet, but yes, obviously. <laughs> yes, number one thing to do in Milan, it's so worth the uh, 20 euro ticket to go up on the roof and take the elevator up so you don't have to climb up like six stories worth of stairs. Um, 
really beautiful. It's a really pretty place. And it is still under construction. And the tour guide made a joke of that, like, yeah, the Domo's just never finished. They never stopped building it. Like, well, it and with something always. that old, you would yeah. finally get done one portion and it's time to start renovating the next, that last portion. Exactly. When, when I went, they were doing um, this, the main spire. So mm-hmm. you couldn't like look at it too closely because it was covered in scaffolding. But then I went on the inside and they were doing the ceiling in there. Mm-hmm. And also the choir was practicing when I was there. And so you just get like this gentle like uh, hymns going on. It was just yep. like, oh, chills, chills. See, I guess one benefit to stuff like that, though, is it's constant work in the economy. Yeah. Like, for the last, well, more than 500 years, there has been somebody with a job because of it. Right. So that is cool. I didn't know you could go to the top. That's really cool. Yeah, you can go on the roof. Like, it's insane. I bet. That's cool. Yeah. All right. Those are the top 10 things to do in Milan. For my case today, I'm going to be talking about some historical scandals and various female ghosts within this location. Now, there's not a lot of information on how they haunt this place. In fact, only two of them have specific information on how they haunt this location. But I thought it would be good to share these women's stories. Just know that their ghost is said to be floating around this place, but they probably don't do much. And this place is, like I mentioned in the top 10 list, number four on the list, the Castello Savorsico or the Savorsico Castle. The castle's construction began in the mid 1360s and finished around 1447. It changed hands between various Dukes of Milan as Milan was the capital of the Roman Empire during this time. This castle was partially destroyed in 1447 by the short-lived Golden Ambrosian Republic and rebuilt in 1450. From there, the castle again changed hands many times, sometimes used for military uses by the government or used as a duke's home. In World War II, it was partially destroyed again during the bombardment of Milan, and it has since been rebuilt. It is now home to 10 museums within the castle walls. So if you want to go to a super museum day, just go to this castle in Milan and they literally have like every single type of museum. There's a science museum, there's an art museum, there's like a civics museum, like just so many museums. And Da Vinci is in all of them. Yes, (laughs) probably, (laughs) probably. All right. So let's talk about some of the women that live there that haunt this castle. And let's start with some historical drama between two women, Isabella of Aragon and Beatrice d'Este. Buckle up, it's gonna get messy. Uh, Isabella of Aragon, is she not Ferdinand's wife? So... Is that this, the right prince? Is that the right princess? Who is there's she? Isabella of Aragon who married King Henry? No, 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 no. No, Catherine, no, no. her daughter Catherine married. Catherine of Aragon, yes. There's Isabella of Aragon in Spain, and then this is Isabella of Aragon in Italy. So it's two uh, different women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think she's the one who funded Columbus's voyage. The Spanish one. 
oh, I thought, no, he was Italian. He went to Spain, correct? Yeah. Yes. Long way. Got it. Cool. That's yeah. fine. We, we don't need, we honestly only had like six names at that time. Honestly, like there's like Maria, Isabella, Beatrice, like The fact Catherine. that Henry had, what, two or three wives that had the same name? Yeah, he, he had, had two three Catherines. Catherines. Three Catherines, exactly, which made his life really easy. Yeah, he had three Catherines and two Anne's. Yeah, exactly. Can you imagine? Oh, yeah, Anne. Sorry, is that Anne the first or Anne the second? Did you get it right? Exactly. Which one are you thinking of? Exactly. So it's like, ugh. But uh, good question. No, this is Isabella of Aragon, the Duchess of Milan. Not Got it. the one in Spain. Yep, Although yep. they I just were around the same time. But Yeah, well, so Catherine of Aragon, was uh, was she not around the same time as Catherine the Great? Like, there must have been so much confusion. Ah, right? Can you imagine being, the, like, the letter, the messenger boy, as he's there, like, sorry, which which uh, which Catherine are you? Oh, no, sorry, no mail for you today. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, which Isabella are you? Yes, yes. Oh, and if you gave the wrong one the wrong letter, can you imagine? Oh, yeah, oh, the scandals. I oh, wonder... it would great. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> you know what? I take it back. If we go back in time, I want to just go through and just switch all their mail around. Yes. Yes. Dear Catherine the Great, the French army is invading Russia, Spain for some reason. What? Oh, this is for Catherine of Aragon in Spain. Got it. By the way, uh, Catherine of Aragon, Russia thinks you're very beautiful. He'd like to marry you. <laughs> uh, by the way, thanks for sending out Columbus. We appreciated it. Right. Right. <laughs> okay. okay. Sorry. Carry on. No, you're good. We've Let's mashed up history now. Everyone's confused. Carry on. This woman had nothing to do with either Henry or, um, what's his face? Columbus. Yeah, 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 yeah. Different Isabella of Aragon. Okay. Got it. Yes. Let's go on back to the 1400s. Isabella of Aragon, Aragon, was born in 1470. Beatrice d'Este was born in, oh, 1470. Oh my god. I also pause you one more time. Yes. Did you read the books with the dragons, Aragon? Yes. Every time I hear that, I just imagine Catherine riding away on a dragon. I know. <laughs> I know they're completely, they're not even, one's an A word, one's an E word, one is fictional, one was powerful. <laughs> but in my head, I'm like, hee hee hee, there's elves. Yes. Yes. And elves are nude sometimes too. Hoo <laughs> Ooh. Did that you see how- they're making a TV show on Are Disney they? Plus? Yeah. Oh, I didn't hear that at all. I honestly never finished the books. I loved the first <gasps> one. Loved the first one. And I just unfortunately never got the chance. I had them all. I just never got the chance to read them. Oh, those books are so thick, but they were yeah. really good. Yeah. Well, I also, I lent one to a friend and her baby cousin kind of tore it apart. No! Which, yeah, which made it harder to read because it was all taped back together. And it was Criminal. like, you know what? I can go read a different book rather than hold these books together. No! Criminal. I still have them, though. So maybe one day. Maybe one day. I'll <laughs> this is the same girl who I lent her the second Twilight book. And to make sure that didn't happen, she sat down one day and typed it all out on her computer. <gasps> so she'd have her own copy. And I'm like, oh girl, that was gosh. so much more work than required. Yeah. Like... Uh, I would have lent it to you whenever you needed it. But no, she didn't want to do that because she didn't want her baby sibling touching it. So she typed it the whole word for word out on her computer. I'm just like, okay, um, you need a life. Come, we're going to do something. (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> but I, I really appreciated that she did not want to endanger my book again. Yeah. So she wanted to make sure she had her own copy. Oh, that's yeah. nice. Oh. Sorry, carry on. Carrying on. I'm going to just start all over because... Ah, okay. I'm sorry. No, no, it's fine. I messed up my first sentence so bad. <laughs> all right. Let's go on back to the 1400s. Isabella of Aragon was born in 1470. Beatrice d'Este was born in 1475. These two women were cousins and grew up in Naples together, becoming so close that they were almost like sisters. They both served in the court of King Ferdinand, the first of Naples, who was their grandfather. Now, is this the same Ferdinand or is it a different Ferdinand? I think it's a different Ferdinand. So there was a, there was a calf, uh, there was an Isabella and a Ferdinand, but not that Isabella and Ferdinand. Yes. I hate history. <laughs> yeah. That is some bullshit. Yep. Yep. And then yep. she's got Aragon, but she's not the same that has Aragon with Catherine. Yep. <laughs> you know, like... They, they try to say Spain and Italy are like different countries. And I'm like, but your names are the same. The names are the same. Yeah, well, it's like that whole um, Selena Gomez and uh, Hailey Bieber situation right now. Just, oh, yeah. Just change it. Just change it. There's just the slightest, okay? Yeah. Just yeah. don't marry Ferdinand, but you can marry a Fernando. Yeah. 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 Or right, Ferdinand is not your husband. He's your grandfather. Yeah. It's yes. Her, yeah. 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 It's different. totally different. Totally yeah. different. Mm -hmm. Okay. Carry on. I'm gonna make a little. I'm gonna make a little flow chart here. <laughs> yes. Now the court of Naples was absolutely ruthless. Ferdinand was described as a kind and welcoming uh, person to his friends, but absolutely brutal to his enemies, which which influenced Isabella and Beatrice later on in their life. Isabella, even though being the older cousin, often got the short end of the stick because of her looks. She was described as, quote, the aforementioned new duchess is a little dark-faced and not very beautiful, but she has a kind and beautiful person, unquote. On her wedding day in 1488 to her first cousin, Gian Galazio. Oh, I don't miss that. Oh, yeah. So she marries Gian. Yes. <laughs> yes. Meanwhile, Beatrice had multiple wedding proposals from wealthy Italian and foreign leaders, such as the Duke of Berry, the Marquis of Monferrato, and even the King of Bohemia. She was considered to be more beautiful than her cousin, Isabella, quote, haughty and ambitious of a dignified person of beautiful features, yes, but male, she was, she was distinguished by a grave and imperious air. She dressed princely. Her gaze breathed her command. Her smile did not set her lip, but a kind of joviality of condescension appeared in it. Such was this woman. So bitch. Unquote. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, well, actually, fortunately for Beatrice, uh, Beatrice was under strict orders from her grandfather as her mother died very early on. So her grandfather adopted her, uh, which raised her status more in the court. 
And so she was under strict orders from her grandfather and turned down all of these wedding proposals so she could continue her education. She was also like 10 at the time that she was receiving these proposals while Isabella was 15. But in 1490, Beatrice married Ludovico Sofrenza, the Duke of Berry and the King Regent of Italy at the time, who was also her first marriage proposal. Fun fact, both of these cousins had Leonardo da Vinci play some role in their wedding celebrations. For Isabella, da Vinci designed the costumes and scenery for the operetta that was written for her wedding. For Beatrice, da Vinci orchestrated the entire wedding celebrations, which again shows how the cousins were favored differently in court. Now, this is where it gets messy, as these cousins went from best friends to enemies. After Isabella's marriage, she and her husband were forced to move to the town of Pavia, as they were ordered to by Ludovico, who I mentioned was king regent at the time, who was Isabella's husband's uncle. So basically, Beatrice married the actual king, while Isabella just married the nephew of the king. So this put Beatrice's status above Isabella's again, and Isabella had to do whatever Ludovico or Beatrice told her to do. Also, we now have a Ludwig and a Ludovico. L Ludovico, no Ludwig. Oh, then who did Beatrice marry? Ludovico. Okay, it's the same person. Never mind. Yeah, maybe I just said it two different ways. I'm sorry. No, I'm just trying to keep everything together. Yes. <laughs> so, again, Beatrice, way up here. Isabella, way down here. Just big power dynamics. Um, Isabella also made a bad reputation for herself when she began liking Ludovico's lover, Cecilia, and we love bisexual representation in history. Yes. Again, as a history major, there was a lot more of that than we realize. In history, we'll just say that they were friends. So they were the first roommates. They were, then oh, they were roommates. <laughs> but like, it was funny though, because if you go far enough back, it was actually super common and totally acceptable. Yeah. It's yeah. only in like the last few hundred years where that's become an issue, really. Right. I yeah. mean, let's not get onto the Romans. Oh my gosh. Yes. Let's, yeah. Let's not get into it. Okay. In 1491, Isabella gave birth to her first son, and this made things even worse, as Isabella now had an heir to compete for the king regent's throne. So Ludovico sent Isabella and her family out of the Milan court and back to Naples, Naples and restricted her from appointing or rewarding followers. Meanwhile, Beatrice's reputation as queen continued to soar. She was sent on a diplomatic mission to Venice, which went very well. In 1493, she gave birth to a son, which means that she had now produced an actual heir for the king regent. The first Italian wars broke out in 1494 and Beatrice was a figure of grace under pressure and a master negotiator as she met and charmed many men of power such as King Charles of France and Duke Louis of Orleans. 
She was also a muse for Leonardo da Vinci and other artists who often drew portraits of her and wrote great poems of her strength and guidance to the king. Isabella and her family continued to be cast aside by the Milanese court. Despite her relationship with her cousin, her family continued to be denied funds and she often had to petition for more funds to feed her family. Her relationship with her husband also worsened as it does. In 1492, there was a brief scandal where Isabella was accused of attempting murder as supposedly she ordered a servant to poison her husband's food as she found him with a lover. She had also supposedly ordered a servant to poison the lover's food as well. Ludovico used this incident to send Isabella and her family into complete exile, only allowing them to appear for ceremonies. That's now, fine. I don't think you want that family anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. These ladies went through much more, but in the interest of time, I'm going to stop here with their personal lives and their stories. But there were so many scandals between these two women. I highly encourage you to look into their stories more. They, they're just amazing women in history. And I love reading about women in history so much. Um, Beatrice passed away at the age of 21 in 1497 due to complications of childbirth. She was a major player in Italian politics, a leader in fashion, an art patron, the soul of the Milanese resistance, and an important personality of the time. Isabella, despite the hardships in her life and many odds stacked against her, grew to power during her widowhood through smart marriages of her sons and daughters. She ended her life as the Duchess of Berry, which you remember, was Ludovico, he was the Duke of. So he, she basically took his old kingdom back, which, incredible. Love a story like that. Yes, yes. I also hate when you say, she com completed all of this by the time she was 21. It's like, that's cool. When I was 21, I had no <laughs> idea what I was doing with my life, so I just left to China. Right, right. I'm just like, ah, Beatrice, making us look bad out here. Then again, she also started at like the age of what, 12? Yeah. Yeah. So we've still got four more years until we have to be disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She didn't uh, have a podcast, though. Yeah, suck on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like I mentioned, uh, Isabella's sons and daughters had very smart marriages. Her daughter, Anna, uh, married to become the Queen of Poland. Her daughter, Isabella's daughter, Isabella, which I hate when you name your kid after yourself. Ah. Her daughter, Isabella, married to become the Queen of Hungary. And her son later became the king of Poland and the Grand Duke of Lithuania. Isabella died of syphilis in 1523 at the age of 53. So while Isabella had a much harder life, she definitely lived a lot longer than Beatrice did. So who got the final laugh? Like, <laughs> you know? I don't care how long she lived. Once she took back that kingdom, she got the final laugh. Exactly. Exactly. And from the sounds of it, she took over half of Europe through her kids, so. Honestly. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. These two amazing women's ghosts are said to be wandering around the halls of Savorsa Castle. And sometimes you can even hear the two women arguing with each other like they did when they were alive. 
Isabella is also said to wander around the castle to look for poison to kill her enemies with. Uh, final fun fact of this story, Isabella is suggested to be the subject of the Mona Lisa. Like, they think that she's the woman that da Vinci based the Mona Lisa off of, but historically, no one confirms that. Like, people who lived back then, like, never mentioned that the Mona Lisa and Isabella look similar, so it's just historical speculation. Well, I think when it comes to da Vinci's paintings, a lot of people make more speculation than probably intended yeah like i know this is fictional but the whole da vinci code book series the first mm -hmm. book was like mm -hmm. well there's codes hidden in the last supper and it's like the last supper was painted in the 1400s the actual last supper was like <laughs> what a thousand four hundred years before that yeah like, he was not there yeah <laughs> like what code could you be looking at like their hands their fingers like yeah and somehow he hid the secret to the catholic church or something it's like he wouldn't have known that he would not have known and that. even if he would have known that he wouldn't have put it in a painting right, right. that being said i love those movies and the books are even better <laughs> yes yes sorry carry on yeah <laughs> now there are two more female ghosts that haunt the savorsa castle our next ghost is lady bianca maria gaspadone a wealthy heiress in the milani's court Bianca married Hermes Fisconti de Simona in 1514. I love that we had 600 Catherines and Elizabeths, and then we had Bianca. Bianca, yep. Like, yes. Yep. <laughs> uh, her husband died in 1521, and Bianca remarried the same year to Count Renato di Chalant. She was not happy in this marriage, and so she left her husband and returned to the Milan court. In 1526, she was accused of orchestrating the murder of her lover, Di, Di Le Ardiciano Valperga. She was tried, convicted, and beheaded on the Ravelin of the Castle Savorza. Her ghost is said to wander the halls and sip the blood of the lover she killed. And then her ghost would lose her head. Like, people would see her ghost and then her head would just fade away. You know I'm about to make another fictional reference, right? <laughs> it's a little bit nearly headless Jack in there, isn't yes. it? Yes. <laughs> but also, that is how I want to live my afterlife. Yeah. Sipping, sipping on the blood of my lovers. Yes, and just randomly losing my head. Like. Let's be real, I, I absolutely would. Yeah. I if hope it could attach to me, I have no idea where it would be. <laughs> I hope Anne Boleyn's doing the same thing. Oh, like she's got ghost, underneath like, her arm like a basketball. Yes. Don't lose your head. Sorry, don't know what I said. No, it'll get stuck in the head. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> it was oh. continuously stuck in my head. Thank you so much for that, Maddie. I'm so, I'm so sorry. I love it, though. I love it. But literally, I'll be scrolling through TikTok, and I'll hear that first, like, line. And it's like, shit. It's like, ah, Yes. Yeah. Yep. It's like the yep. um Capybara song. Oh yes. Oh god. <laughs> I had to do it to you too. Ha ha ha. Ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> okay, keep going before we just end up in a musical. Yes. There's a short story written about her by Matteo Bendello. It's on Wikipedia if you want to read it. And our final story, our final ghost in this castle, 
is the story of the Veiled Lady. She is said to haunt the park in the main courtyard surrounding the palace. And I actually have a story to go with this one from surprisingly AmericanFolklore.net. And I'm like, why is this Italian legend on an American folklore site? But you know what? It's fine. Um, so here we go. He had not expected to meet the woman of his dreams, but there she was strolling along in the moonlight beside the cemetery. Carlos quickened his pace until he was level with her, hoping for a glimpse of her face under her veil. Carlos made a few remarks about the beautiful night and the lovely weather, anything to keep her talking. She stopped abruptly and turned to face him. He caught a glimpse of dark eyes glinting behind the veil. What is it you want? She asked. A date, senorita, just a date, Carlos beamed at her. She paused and said, I do not know. Ask me again in this place at this time tomorrow night and we shall see. Carlos' hearts leapt in his chest, so she was playing hard to get, huh? Well, fair enough. <laughs> he would see her tomorrow and she would fall into his arms. The next Only day- Only a man wouldn't know where this is going. Right. <laughs> My God. Yeah, I always find the woman of your dreams in a cemetery. Right. Uh-huh, okay. She has a veil on, won't show you won't show her won't won't show her face to you. Yeah, maybe he walked her home. Yeah. <laughs> they just passed by her grave and she disappeared. Right. Uh <laughs> okay, 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 carry on. Yes. The next day dragged by for the infatuated Carlos, and he had trouble concentrating on his work. But at last he was free and running the few blocks to his home to change into a suitable outfit. He could barely contain himself, and as he reached the cemetery a few minutes early, she was not there yet, so Carlos entertained himself by picturing his beautiful bride in their new home. Suddenly, she was there, in front of him. The moonlight sparkled off her veil. Carlos was enchanted. They talked for hours, standing in front of the graveyard. She was as witty as she was beautiful, and Carlos begged her for a date. We will go out tomorrow night, she said. I will send you a letter with the place and time. Carlos kissed her hand and floated away, so happy he wanted to sing for joy. Carlos was absolutely useless at work the next day. After work, he rushed home and found a letter in his mailbox. Eagerly, he read it, not pausing to wonder how she knew where he lived. Then he ran next door to show it to Diego, his second cousin. Diego went pale when he read her signature. Diego tried to warn Carlos, but Carlos was already in love. That night, as Carlos hurried to the cemetery, Diego followed, certain that his cousin was in over his head. Carlos bounded up to the veiled woman. At last we go out, he cried to her, but first, my love, show me your face. At his words, the veiled lady pulled aside the veil. Back at the gate, Diego gave a gasp of shock, for she had the face of a skeleton. He was frozen to the spot by the power of the evil specter, unable to warn Carlos. Looking down, Carlos only saw the glamour the ghost was projecting. As the skeleton's withered arms trapped him, the veil on his eyes was lifted, and he realized in one heart-stopping moment the abomination he was kissing. The legend of the veiled lady goes back to the 1800s, and she was said to haunt the Parco Simona in Milan, which is right outside the castle and also the castle courtyard. Historically, we have no clue, like, if this lady exists. It's just a random ghost. Like, we don't know her name. We don't know anything but other than she's just the veiled lady. 
She's said to charm men that walk alone in the park and spend several nights with the men making love and stuff in the park. Then if the men ask to see under her veil, it's just a skull underneath. The men then go mad and spend the rest of their lives wandering the park looking for the veiled lady. You know what, though? If you are going to spend multiple nights uh, making love and spending time with a woman and you don't ask to see her face, you deserve seeing a skeleton face when you finally yeah. do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't even yeah. think I would go on a date with a man if he didn't show me his face, let alone multiple yeah. nights with him. Forget that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Phantom of the Opera. Like. Of course we want to see what's under the mask, Phantom. Like, of course. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. And But those are my ghosts. <laughs> Yay. Well, I liked them. Thanks. Actually, I really liked the la- the veiled lady. Yeah. Yeah, she's an interesting story. Okay, so would you like to hear about my story now? Yes. So I would would like to start with two things. Um, One, I did my own research for this. However, I did take a couple things from Wine and Crime. Uh, They are actually where I heard this uh, story from. And I know I made Mm -hmm. you listen to it. I came over to your house and you're like, this is great. You have to hear it. Yes. And we we did it and we had wine and it was good. So hopefully you don't remember too much of it. So there were things where like they said, but I couldn't find it anywhere. But I'm also pretty confident they're probably better researchers than I am (laughs) so I trust that it is out there somewhere Amanda did not just make it up um but I just couldn't find it also I hate the concept of a favorite killer or something like this um but this story is just so bizarre and ridiculous I love it yeah (laughs) and this woman is honestly like and I know she's still alive and I don't think she did take offense to this to be honest the woman is nuts (laughs) <laughs> so yeah okay so i i did this last time too and i kind of like it so we are going back to a murder that took place in 1995 maddie where were you in 1995 i was not born yet <laughs> i think my parents were meeting though so that's cool that's cool maybe my parents met as well maybe i like to think if i was around i was probably wearing the same clothes i was wearing um in like 2009 because i had all my sister's hand-me-downs Yes. <laughs> so I was definitely in a Spice Girl t-shirt, black, like that shiny black leather knee-high boots, Ooh. and a choker. Yes. I don't know what kind of skirt I'd be wearing, to be honest. Hmm. Yeah. But yes, I, so yeah, in 2000, what, what year were you born? 1996. Oh, okay. Okay. So you're one before me. Yes. So I don't know. Maybe you were being made, Maddie. I was born. No, 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 no. I was born in December. No. Oh, you no, were definitely not being made. No. no. <laughs> they were getting to know each other. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think my parents had just met in '95. Uh, so I am going to use first names for this story because they use a lot of last names, which just got confusing. Yeah. Um. However, and it's also I can do first names. I cannot do all the last names. So I will do the first name just when I, or the last name just when I'm introducing them, and I will let that go. So first we have Patricia Regia, oh, Reggiani 
That sounds right. She yeah. was born in a small town outside of Milan. Her family made her fortune or their fortune in the trucking industry. And I like stuff in the past where like you can get rich off of stuff like that. Like yeah. they were the, I guess like they were the first ones to get to the big t- trucking industry and they managed to make money off of it. But I mean, that's no different than now where people are like making money off of TikTok and Instagram. Yeah. Because they just happened to get into it at the right time. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they were very rich, but they didn't quite fit into Milan's high society, which is something Patricia would have liked. Uh, they weren't old money or they weren't like glamorous rich. And they, they made their money off of, you know, actual jobs. Her father tried his best for, to provide everything she could have possibly wanted, though. Um, she wanted a fancy car. She got it. And so she did end up making it into the elite social circuit. This is where she met Maurizio Gucci. And I was halfway through the story before I realized I never said his last name. So you missed the whole point of the story. He is that Maurizio Gucci, grandson of Guccio Gucci, which honestly, was there not a better name for him? Guccio Gucci. Like, like, yeah, no, I'm uh, McMullen McMullen, and you're uh, (laughs) Rydenio Rydenin. Uh, (laughs) Said your last name wrong. I'm sorry, Ryden. Yeah. But. Yeah, Gucci o Gucci. And then I think I was talking to you and you're like, he he, you know what a Gucci is, right? <laughs> right. That was you. That was you. Yes, it was. Yes, so it was. I, I I do know what that is now. And I'm not yes. telling you anybody, you gotta go urban dictionary that shit. Also so, I know this story. Yes, yes, because forced you to listen to it. Right, but also <laughs> because I watched the House of Gucci movie. Yes, with well you know what? Lady Honestly, Gaga. Yes, of course. I've watched it too. Uh, I think it was one of the first movies I watched when I got back to Canada. They, it's a, it's an okay movie, but they definitely missed out the best parts. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I was actually really frustrated. And my dad, whenever we watch a true story, he always spends half the movie Googling it. Uh, uh, my brother says like, what's the point of watching it? And the whole point of doing that though, is because as soon as the movie's over, he said, well, they left out the good parts. Oh. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And we will discuss that movie in the end. So she wasn't overly interested at him or interested in him at first, as she had many men interested in her. She was quite the beauty, apparently. But he had a lot of money at his disposal to try to get her attention, which that worked. He was from Florence as well. So outside of uh, Italy or outside of Milan. So there might have been like a special connection there as well as they were both kind of outsiders. To quote Patricia. I met Maurizio at a party and fell madly in, and he fell madly in love with me. I was exciting and different. I didn't think much of him at first. He was just a quiet boy whose teeth crossed over at the front. That's that's love right there, man. He was the opposite, however. He asked his friend, "Who is that beautiful girl dressed in red who looks like Elizabeth Taylor?" So there was a few references to her looking like Elizabeth Taylor actually. Yes. In 1972, they got married, which caused some issues in the family. His father, Rodolfo, disliked Patricia's background and her personality. Maurizio was his only son, and his wife had died at a very young age, so he was quite protective of him, which I understand. Mm -hmm. This, however, changed slightly when his first granddaughter was born. Grandkids do seem to soften people. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I've been told my grandparents are not the same people that raised my dad. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the fact that I'm allowed to sit on the couch and eat a cookie is everything. Yeah. Yep. Kids went on the floor. Only adults go on the couch. Oh. Well, I also let my cat in my grandparents' house, which we're still stunned at. 
But anyway, he is a, oh, sorry, but apparently this was when he saw that Patricia really did love Maurizio. So she has to have your grandchild before you realize she loves your son. That's cool. Rodolfo started buying multiple properties for the couple. I assume this was to possibly try to get them into a position to take over the business. The couple was often seen driving around New York with a license plate that read Maurizia, which is a connection of the two names. Mm. So that they were doing that before that they were shipping before shipping was a thing. <laughs> so life was beautiful for a decade or for just over a decade, actually. In 1983, Rodolfo died, leaving 50% of his stake in Gucci to Maurizio. Patricia said Maurizio got crazy. Until then, I was his chief advisor about all thing, all Gucci matters. But he wanted to be the best, and he stopped listening to me. And that Ooh. would basically be the tone for everything. Hmm. The Gucci brand had been struggling in recent years, and Maurizio had big plans for it. But these plans pushed Maurizia out, who felt that she had been doing a lot of the work lately. It had become her baby as well. Like, a lot of sources said that, like, she'd been doing, like, all the introductions she'd been doing. Like, she was working when they were just socializing. Making the connections, getting the name around, stuff like that. Right, right, right. And... It's fine. These plans also didn't include most of his family. He bought them out with the help of a company called InvestCorp, who would eventually turn around and buy him out as well. Patricia, Patricia had been worried that he was mismanaging the business, and both his finances and Gucci's were suffering, and the business was sold to InvestCorp for, I love this difference, for somewhere between $120 million and $200 million in 1993. Oh, wow. I saw like a whole bunch of different sources where basically the smallest number was 120 and the biggest number was 200. So it's somewhere in there. Yeah. Somewhere around there. Yeah. However, Patricia's and Patricia's, I can't get her name. I'm sorry. Can I call her Pat? <laughs> You're like Patricia? Well, but it's a Z. Yeah. Patricia's Patricia, yeah. involvement within the business became too much for him. And he went on a business trip and never returned. And I've got to say this paragraph right here. I don't believe in killing your husband, but damn, he pushed her. So, yeah, let that bitch go. In 1992, Patricia under, underwent brain surgery for a tumor. And she says that he offered her no support at this time. Actually, she found out about her own divorce while at the doctor's office visiting or at the doctor's office from the doctor himself. He basically said, like, congrats, your cancer's all gone. But gosh, I'm so sorry to hear about your divorce. Whoa. Can you imagine? Like, and that's not really the oh doctor's fault. I assume he assumed she knew. Yeah. But yeah, like, yeah. Maurizio never told her they were getting a divorce. He just left. And... Through the grapevine, the doctor found out before her. Oh. So, honestly, like, that's a real... I think just let him go, but I could kind of understand why a woman would think other things. Yeah. Yes. So, in the divorce, she was awarded a million dollars a year, but that wasn't enough for her. Although she may have had... may have been offered a lot more, as some sources said she was offered $2.5 million. Which she referred to as a mere bowl of lentils. So she was offered a better deal. Oh. I would love a $2.5 million bowl of lentils. Yeah. Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so she wanted more and she got more. 
but that wasn't enough for her. She said during the divorce, Maurizio said to her, do you know why our marriage failed? Because you fancied yourself the president and there's only room for one president. She's like, um, yeah, I also have feelings about like, you know what? The empire was obviously there before her, considering it's the family name, but she helped. Yeah. This was her baby as well. She helped. Also, there's two presidents. Because it's the president and the vice president. Yeah, but the so, vice president isn't the actual president. But, like, close enough. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and that's what they, like, yeah, but whatever. She helped build this place. Yeah, off. yeah, exactly. He had also started seeing another woman, Paola Franchi, who he had known for quite a while. They were already planning a wedding, though. Oh. Yes. So Patricia's disdain was well known. She had asked her, and it's just who she turns to is what blows my mind. She had asked her cleaner twice if she knew any good hitmen. Can you imagine? Uh, yes, well, you're in the bathroom. By the way, do you know anyone who could kill my husband? No? Okay, well, make sure you get behind the toilet too, please. <laughs> just, just like, do you happen to know anyone who, I don't know, maybe kills people? Like, Yeah, but at the same time, I know some very wealthy snobby people who would totally just assume oh you're a cleaner you must be poor you must be ghetto you probably know killers Ooh, like true. i could i could see that mindset where it's yeah. like oh you probably you probably live in the same neighborhood as them right so yeah. and it's just kind of like girl let the girl do her job in peace please yeah uh she also discussed with her lawyer it might happen what might happen to her if she killed her husband and the husband's probably sitting there like, oh, fuck, confidentiality, but, uh, yeah. yeah. And this is, just if if you ever want to do something, maybe don't talk to everyone in your close circle. Or just yeah. in a circle near you. Yeah. So she wasn't shy about this at all. She says, I have to admit that for a time, I truly wanted to get rid of him. I wanted to do it. And so I was going around asking people to do it. But my intentions ended there. A mere obsession, a mere desire, she said in an interview. What wife has never said, I'd kill that guy? (laughs) But, like, you can't go ask people to kill your husband and be like, oh, but I've, like, I never went too far. with." Like, that is as far as it gets. You, you you can't, like, go and ask for, like, details or, like, that's hey. like telling That's like telling yeah. your boss, oh, no, I had an interview with the other job, but, like, I'm not serious about it. I'm just, yeah. it was a joke. Like, like no, yeah, yeah. the contract's on my desk. I haven't signed it yet, though, because I'm not serious. Yeah, exactly. So, and here's my favorite part. She turned to a close friend, and as many sources referred to her, the sorceress. There was a documentary made shortly after this happened. So, like, I think it came out in, like, 97. So they would have been quick, quick. Um, And they just referred to her as a sorcerer. But they were, like, dead serious as they were talking about it. So the sorcerer did this, and then the sorcerer did that. And it's like, guys. Guys. She was also, I think, in more recent versions, she's referred to as, like, a fortune teller. Yeah. Which, I don't know if that's any better than a sorcerer, but I love the word. I just... She was there in a big black cape and a funny hat. Yeah. Giuseppina Arielma. Arielma. Yes. Okay. Also known as Pina. Pina Colada the Sorcerer. That could be her drag name. <laughs> Pina Colada. Also about cheating on your wife. Yes. 
Yes. <laughs> okay, so in 1994, Pina moved in with Patrizia to help her write a book about her relationship with Gucci because she felt the surgery had affected her memories and she was losing them which like isn't that kind of a blessing I'd love to forget about some of my exes say like, this was a shitty divorce um I I think you'd be happy to know you know what I can't remember him that well anymore yeah and it says a lot to me that this woman was like no I need to make sure I remember everything yeah, she was probably like evidence for court or something. No, I think it was more of it was her connection to fame. Yeah. She doesn't want to remember her, lose her connect, her memory of the connection to the Gucci name. Yeah, that's yeah. true. So both women have very different stories about what happened next. Pina says she was in debt and that in a moment of weakness, she gave in to Patrizia's request to find a hitman. Right. Okay. But Patrizia says that she had no idea Pina had found them a killer and that Pina had blackmailed her into agreeing to pay almost 400000 for the murderer. However, during the trial, Patrizia also said that was worth every penny. <laughs> this woman just won't <laughs> shut her mouth. I love it. Yeah. Just foot and mouth syndrome. <laughs> I don't even think it's that. I think it's more of a, I don't give a fuck. Oh, I didn't kill him, but if I did, I did. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like OJ. Later, she'll go write a book about how she would have if she killed if she killed him. This is how I would have done it. Yeah. Which, if you want me want to get me a birthday gift, I need to read that book. Oh. Okay. Yes. Oh, no, I'm, I'm joking, but not really. But OJ wrote that book where it's just basically if I, I think it's called If I Did It. Oh. Where he describes that like if he did it, this is how he would have done it. It's like, did you just write a book confessing it? Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Okay. But so, yeah, I'm trying to find that book. Okay. <laughs> okay. Random moment there. We'll have to send this podcast to my mother so she knows what to get me for Christmas. <laughs> so, okay. So, either way, Pina said, girl, I know a guy. And see, I'm not, this, this paragraph is what I'm not actually quoting. Then she went to the doorman at the hotel, uh, Ivano Savioni, who was like, girl, I know a guy. And he went to Orazio Casilio, Casilia, I didn't find his job, but Wine and Crime said he was a pizza delivery boy or something. And he also said, girl, I know a guy. And he found Benedito Curalo. That's not right, but okay. And he was the final man. Benedito was like, girl, I am the guy. <laughs> I've, got a, I've got a message from you. What is this? Uh, it's the book. <laughs> I, 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 I found the PDF form. It's the whole 118 oh, pages. Oh, I love you. <laughs> oh, okay. It's Friday. I'll start reading that. Yes. So anyway, Benedita was like, girl, I am the man. So he became the, the actual, the, oh, sorry, the alleged hitman. Right. While Arezio became, he referred to, sorry, Benedito became the actual, or the alleged hitman, who Arezio referred to as a numbskull. Which, I guess, if you're looking for a hitman, you find a numbskull. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Arezio would become the alleged driver. So, on March 27, 1995, at 8.30 in the morning, Mauricio was shot three times in the back as he walked up the steps of the Gucci headquarters, where he still worked. Once he fell, he was shot a final time in the head. The only witness was Giuseppe Onoretto, who worked as a doorman in the building. And I'm, I am going to include 
uh, a little bit about other people here because I like to remind people that murder uh, affects so many more people than just the dead. Like these people have really struggled with their lives after this because of, of this. Yeah. So he says it was a lovely spring morning, very quiet. Mr. Gucci arrived carrying some magazines and said, good morning. Then I saw a hand. It was a beautiful, clean hand, and it was pointing a gun. I thought it was a joke. Then the joker, oh, sorry, then the shooter saw me. He lifted the gun again and fired two more times. What a shame, I thought. This is how I die. Luckily, he was only shot in the arm and survived. He also says that he was affected by the murder for years to come. There were theories that it was a mafia hit, but it didn't fit their style. But that likely didn't ease his mind. He says, I was a poor man, so I had to go back to work when I recovered. I had a panic attack every time an unfriendly looking stranger approached. I'm not bitter, but I do wonder if a rich person had been wounded in the doorway instead of me, whether they'd have been treated with more respect. And that's, yeah, he had to continue going back to the same place to work because he couldn't afford to get a new job or leave the job for any period. So. We also have Maurizio's girlfriend, Paola Franchi, who also had a pretty shit time after the murders. Mm -hmm. She was referred to as a gold digger, to which she responded, oh, they always resort to these stupid types. Actually, my previous husband, who I left for Maurizio, was even richer, so it was all nonsense. Mm -hmm. But, like, she was, she was referred to as younger than him for quite a bit, but, like, she was only, like, maybe... I wouldn't say she was no more than she was. She was less than 20 years younger than him. Mm. Like they had known them for each other for quite a while. Mm -hmm. So, however, Paola and her 11 year old son, Charlie, had been living with Maurizio in an apartment owned by him for five years at this time. So they were a well-established couple. And the day right after the murder, she received an eviction notice from Patrizia, who had which had been drafted at 11 a.m. the previous day, less than three hours after he died. She's kind of like, okay, look guilty, Kenya. Whoa. Like, something like that. Like, yes, you are you have money so you can make it move fast, but that would have taken probably exactly three hours to drop. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, and then even more so, five years later, Charlie, her son, died from suicide at the age of 16. Ooh. And not, I'm not saying these are directly connected, but at the age of 11, the man he was living with, a father figure, was killed. And I can't imagine that didn't have an effect. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So these are three people who have been dramatically affected. And he also had two daughters as well. Yeah. So their mm-hmm. lives were completely mashed up mm-hmm. for whatever reason this could possibly be. So the public may have loved the scandal, but the new owners of Gucci's were were not impressed to say the least. Can you imagine buying a company thinking this is going to be great and then a murder is attached to it? Yeah. So they started to turn a new leaf with designer Tom Ford working with them. They were worried that a scandal would adversely affect them. Personally, I think the right publicist could have made it work. Uh, you know, the public loves a good scandal. Oh, for sure. And yeah. had they made this, like, to be honest, like, I'm not going to lie. Right after this, I went to, we were in China, so I went to Taobao right away to go find the Gucci store. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I looked at a $900 belt, and I was like, fuck that. Yeah. But <laughs> I liked the idea of owning something attached to this case. Yeah. Uh, but I can also understand, like, that's fine and dandy for something 
smaller. Mm. Gucci wants to be classy. Yeah. So, Balenciaga's yeah. wild. They'd love this shit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. But Gucci wants to be, like, a little cleaner. Yeah. Yes. So, however, I think it does say something about the brand as well, considering everybody knows the name Gucci, but I don't think a lot of us knew about the murder. And the murder is only, what, 20 years old? Well, I guess, sorry, closer to 30 now. I forget what age we are. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Ah. yeah, I know. I'm sorry. But the, ah. fact that, the fact that it's been based pretty well forgotten says that the name Gucci can stand on its own. Yeah. 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 So that's pretty good. So, I mean, like Versace, everybody knows the Versace murder, but nobody knows the Gucci murder. Right. Then again, they didn't exactly put the Gucci headquarters up and turn it into a hotel. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, went unsolved for two years. I had said that there was a consideration that it could be a mafia hit, but they weren't known for leaving bodies just off the fashion district at rush hour. Like, they were a little bit more discreet, handled things quieter. Yeah. Yeah. So this didn't make sense. Uh, But they got, the police got really lucky. On January 8th, 1997, so now we're pushing closer to us, yes, uh, an anonymous caller called the police and said he didn't want to discuss it over the telephone but all he said is I'm going to say one name Gucci then hung up which like okay bitch be as dramatic as you can the informant claimed to have heard a doorman at a hotel boasting about how he recruited the Gucci killer which just so fucking stupid anyway but by the time they found it Ivano, he was yet again looking for another hitman because Patrizia hadn't paid him. N- pay your hit- hitman, please. Because it's pay, just a- pay your hitman. Yeah, pay okay. your hitman. Of course he's gonna say your people. <laughs> but like, do you ever see that post on Instagram? It's like, do you ever watch true crime and think you could do it better than them, or are you normal? <laughs> I'm not normal. <laughs> because I look at all of this. So far, I've said, don't talk to random people. Don't, like, just, uh, well, it was worth every penny of it. Um, pay your hitman. Because, hitman. obviously, if you promised me a job and you didn't, or money for a job, and I went through and you didn't go through, then I'm just going to go to police and be like, yeah, fine, I did it. You can arrest me, but arrest that bitch, too. You can get my money while you're at it. Yeah. yeah. And then that goes back to Al Capone, too. Pay your fucking taxes. Yes. And if you have a body in your trunk, don't run a red light. Exactly. Okay, so we are just starting a list of things that we could do better. We are starting a checklist. (laughs) Do's and don'ts. Do's and don'ts, yes. Wear your hair up. Yes. (laughs) Wear a wig. Yes. Okay, a cop went undercover as a hitman where Ivano explained the whole situation to him. However, that is something I would do. I totally did spend 30 minutes earlier venting about something. (laughs) <laughs> if I was hiring a hitman, I'd be in the front seat of the car at like 7-Eleven and be like, okay, so here's the situation. So six yeah. years ago, and that's exactly <laughs> how I would do it. I would start from like point A and get all the way to point B with all the extra. Like by the time the cop left, he'd be like, okay, so I know everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So the day of the, oh, sorry, we got to back up a bit. By the 31st, so this was, this started on the 8th. By the 31st, all five people were arrested and charged. Every one of them was found guilty. The day of the verdict, the Gucci shops hung a pair of silver handcuffs in their window. There were piles of evidence against Patrizia. There were numerous voicemail recordings which, that she had left for him, which again, 
don't leave it in writing or on recording. Don't. Yep. Yep. Just say it in person because there's no wipe evidence that you did it. Yes. yes. Wipe your computers. Like, wipe it. Yep. Um, see, I'm also the daughter of a lawyer, so I'm always like, get it on recording. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those issues I was telling you about earlier, I just tell my mom, like, have your phone in your hand at all times, and if anything happens, hit record immediately. Yep. 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 So, what, uh, one of her recordings had her saying, you've reached the extreme limit of making yourself despised by your daughters who no longer want to see you to forget the trauma. You are a deformed outgrowth. You are a painful appendix that all of us want to forget. For you, hell is yet to come. Jesus. Yes. Yep. No, and like, I totally get that is a woman scorned, but, uh, Wow. Wow. It also came out that she had pressured the unusual party, that's what I'm referring to them as now, to carry out the murder quickly, as she needed it done before he got married. She was worried about her, and maybe her daughters, losing out the money that she felt she had earned, which, again, I do believe she earned it, um, and I do see what she means. Had he remarried at that time, a woman, I mean, still, a woman could risk losing out on the money that she did help him earn. Right. Uh, don't, don't kill the guy over it. Right. Just don't sign a prenup next time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She also, very stupidly, wrote the Greek word for paradise, paradiso, paradisios, in her diary on the day Maurizio died. Like, I don't uh, think it gets much better than that. Yeah. Apparently, she just liked the name and wanted to write it down because she was going to name her next her next villa uh, after that. Oh. And it's like, I'm sorry, you just happened to coincidentally open your dictionary or your diary up and write it on the day your ex-husband was murdered? Yeah. Like, uh. literally any other page, if that's the truth, any other page would have worked. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. But also, don't write shit like that down. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Patrizia would never admit the murder, but Patrizia and Orazio, the driver, got 29 years, while Pina and Ivano, that would be the doorman and the sorcerer, received 25 to 26 years. Benedito, who pulled the trigger, received a life sentence. Patrizia says, I don't think of myself as innocent. I think of myself as not guilty. But in the not guilty, I have to admit I have made too many mistakes. Whatever the fuck that means. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I think she doesn't think of herself as innocent. And I could see. So, so far, she admits that she knows people were planning on killing him. Right. Regardless, her sorcerer got a hitman and she was aware of that. So I could see her being not innocent because she knows about it. So I could see not guilty. That makes sense. But in not guilty, I have to admit that I have made too many mistakes. Now, is that saying she doesn't want to be not guilty because she doesn't want to admit that she has made mistakes? Or is that saying I'm not guilty because I've made a lot of mistakes? Mm. Yeah. And I also remember she's original. Like, she lived quite the uh, jet-setting life, so her English would have been very good. She likes to brag about the time she met the Kennedys. But I also have to think, when it comes to stuff like this, no matter how fluent you are, you weren't prepared to discuss prison life. Yeah. I think it was the one, oh, the American girl, also in Italy, the American girl who was convicted of... Amanda Knotts. Yes. 
How, although I think I watched the net, net um, the Netflix documentary on her. I'm actually on her side now. I yeah. think a lot of shit that put that girl in prison. Yeah. But like she said, I'm fluent, but I was never expecting to talk to the police. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I can understand her not having the perfect wording on how to for this sentence because it doesn't make too much sense to me. Um, but yeah, it's still a weird sentence. Yeah. However, when asked what she did in prison, she said, I slept a lot. I took care of my pants, my plants, and I look at I looked after Bambi, my pet ferret. Which was a special privilege that her lawyer got for her. It's like, bitch, you went to prison and got a ferret. <laughs> okay. Okay. Sure, the rest of us got a I don't even know what do people get in prison? Nothing. Four white walls to look yes. at. Yes. <laughs> Ugly suit, and you got a ferret. Yeah. Which I also assume means she didn't have a roommate. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm thinking, like, there's yeah. no way a roommate would be like, no, you're not bringing a ferret into our cell. Yeah. Well, yeah. and then you'd also have to have a special cell as well because there's bars. A ferret will just walk through those. Yep. Yep. There's well, so much. Italian prisons are probably way different from like American prisons or oh very true and everything's yeah. different from prison yes I know that yeah. <laughs> but, yes. um, but yeah there's still things where it's like no you know she had a privileged life in prison mm. she had a pet in prison yeah even in Norway I don't think they get pets in prison. although no. know, there is that one where they get uh stray cats join with prisoners oh. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Norway. I'm into this kind of stuff. You know that. Prison reform is my thing. I can't recall where, but there's a program that mixes stray cats with prisoners because then, well, the cats get love and the prisoners get the responsibility of taking care of somebody. Oh. And then when they get out, they can keep the cat. And then there's kind of an obligation where it's like, I'm not just living, I'm not just being a good person for me. I've got to make sure that I don't go back to prison because my cat needs someone to take care of me, them. Yeah. Which is quite literally how I feel with Morgan sometimes. Right. I can oh. I cannot just quit right now because Morgan, he likes a lot of expensive toys. So yeah. Yeah. He did a good job. Morgan's favorite toy was nine dollars. <laughs> so anyway, in 2011, Patricia became eligible for day release as long as she found a job. To which Patricia responded, I've never worked a day in my life and I don't intend to start now. Wow. Okay. Must be okay. nice. In 2014, she gave in, though, just the pressure was too much, and she took a job as a stylist at a jewelry firm. Mm. Yeah, where she matched jewelry to clothes and saw the design of a bag collection. Sounds kind of like she got her way, though, doesn't it? Yeah. Charge of designing bags. Wow, okay. Mm. And I like how they called it a job placement, as if this job was totally available to all other prisoners. Like, yeah, okay. It was a volunteer position, though. She was unpaid. <sighs> yes. Patrizia loved it, though, because it put her back in touch with fashion, and it gave her a chance to reminisce about the old days. There was lots of re reports about how she just wouldn't shut up about the time she met the Kennedys. Oh, and, yeah. and she focused on what she would wear then and what she would wear now. Like, this woman was living in her own world. Right. I can't imagine being like, well, before I wore my husband, I was more into denim. But now I'm more into lace. So, oh. yes. And I made that all up. That's not what she said. That's just what I envisioned. Yeah. So, yes. Patrizia was released from prison in 2016 for good behavior. Which, I mean, I could see that. 
I yeah. would not I'd be really surprised if she was like a problem person or anything. Yeah. One of the what do you think the first thing she did when she got out was? Mm, hug her two daughters that she hasn't seen in like a few years. <laughs> oh well, I mean maybe, but that wasn't discussed. No, <laughs> she went shopping, silly. Oh. Yes, and to quote an article, I just enjoyed they wrote this, and this is my favorite thing about her. Okay, because there are pictures of this. To quote an article, she went, decked out in gaudy jewels and movie star sunglasses, with a large pet macaw perched on her shoulder. The paparazzi couldn't leave their luck. Lady Gucci, as she used to be known, was back. And that is what she's still known for. She is known for walking around the Milan Fashion District with a parrot on her shoulder. Wow. And that is what got me when I was like, this bitch killed her husband, and now she's just out here living a good life. Yeah. So there's more to the story than that, but that was the takeaway for me, where it's like, girl's got a parrot on her shoulder walking around the fashion district. Like, I love it. Yes. So Patricia's daughters appear to have supported their mother for all of this. However, they did not believe she was entitled to any money she was originally entitled to in the divorce settlement, which I frankly agree. Yeah. Those would kind of be proceeds of crime, really. Yeah. Like, you, you killed him. That means you didn't want the money. To me. So yeah. in 2017, the court found that Patricia was was entitled to the settlement, settlement, which the daughters appealed. This seems to still be be sorted out in court, so I'm not sure how this is going to end. Oh. And like, I, uh, considering the daughters supported her, I'm assuming they're not going to cut her off completely. They just yeah. don't want her getting a majority of everything. Yeah. So to me, it's like, lady, just let it go. Don't start anything with your daughters and live a happy life. Yeah. yeah. So another another beautiful quote from this lady. Shortly after Patricia was released from prison, a TV crew showed up at her house. She was not impressed that they were there. They seemed to be really unannounced, and she claimed her friend set her up. But she answered when they asked, Patricia, why did you hire a hitman to kill Maurizio Gucci? Why didn't you shoot him yourself? What do you think her answer was? Oh, I'm gonna say something like she just got like new gloves or something, and she didn't want to get them dirty. Like something. you are so close, Maddie. Really? <laughs> My eyesight is not so good. I didn't want to miss. Oh. <laughs> like again, it's like OJ, where it's like, oh, I I didn't kill him. I didn't kill him. But I yeah. mean, well, I did. I did, but I didn't. You know? Yeah, it's just. Like I could, however, I also understand I have that type of humor. Right. There was right. I can't even remember what I was watching, but there was a I think it was a, like closer to Criminal Minds, not a real sto- real story. But yeah. the police were hounding them and hounding them and hounding them, and she said, "What do you want me to say? I killed the guy. I was bored or something." And it's like that's something I would do. Yeah. I yeah. would like. What do you want me to say? Like, do you think I killed him? Fine, sure, I killed him. Whatever. Can I get some coffee now? Yeah. It's like, like you've had me here for six hours. Can I like fucking go, please? Fine. Yeah. I did it. I did it. So, like whatever. Yeah. And like even not even like intentional, just like sarcastic. So yeah. I can if I served the prison sentence, and frankly, you can't you can't be sentenced again. Yeah. Um, and you're found guilty anyway. So I could totally just fuck it. Sure. Yeah. Well, I was I had new gloves, yeah. Uh yeah. my new glasses were really dark and I wasn't sure I was yeah. gonna get it. Just yeah. sure, why not? But I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the reporter's, the response was she was in, she was in a grouchy mood or something. 
Oh. And it's like, well, yeah, you weren't supposed to be at her house. That's yeah. the thing, too. If, if I woke up and there was a TV crew sitting outside of my house, it's like, fuck all of you. Yeah, I did it. Get off my lawn. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So a, report, a reporter who got the chance to interview view her felt that her whole identity was wrapped around Gucci, and she couldn't forgive Maurizio for selling what she thought was hers. However, she actually believes that the company would take her back now that she is out. She says, they need me. I feel like a Gucci. In fact, the most Gucci of them all. Which I, I don't, I don't think so. But does it? Wait, didn't Maurizio have like, a, a not a brother, but like a cousin or something that like also got some of the Gucci stuff? Yeah, but he bought him out um, uh, a long time ago. Oh. That was when he brought the he brought the InvestCorp in to help buy his brother his cousin out, gotcha. and then InvestCorp InvestCorp turned around and bought him out. Oh. But like, girl, they were mortified that there was a scandal attached to their name. Yeah, they hire you. Yeah, like unless they decide to embrace the scandal, um, they're not gonna hire you. Yeah. And then I also one last wonderful quote from her. He tried to compliment her dress, which I think is one of the ones that I have in a photo. And her response was, it's Zara. I don't earn enough at this place to buy proper clothes. <gasps> which, like, I, I love Zara. I consider Zara, like, kind of fancy. Like, like, I can understand. I mean, if you are Gucci and you're probably yeah. used to wearing your own brand. Um, yeah. But I didn't include how helpful the company that took her on was. They kind of became responsible for, they almost became their, what is it called? Um, their, her, her parole officer. Oh, yeah. Like, they took on making sure she was at work, making sure she was doing what she was supposed to be doing. And they found, like, th a lot of bad press came with hiring her as well, but they did yeah. anyway. And sort of turn around and be like, yeah, these people don't pay me, though. Oh. Like, oh, you bitch. Oh. So anyway, you brought up that movie. So yes. she found out about the movie from media reports. Like she was just watching TV um, and they were like, yeah, we're making a movie. And she's like, well, shit. Okay. Uh, she actually doesn't like the movie. She oh. felt that her daughters have been through enough. Yeah. So, However, wait till you hear the quote. I agree. Her daughters have been through enough. However, she says, I have two daughters. I don't like that they have to relive their father's situation. Oh. Which is kind of like, okay, but who made that situation? Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay, you're shifting the blame again, but okay, I dated her. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you're shifting the blame, but okie dokie. Yeah. So yes, she doesn't support the movie, and frankly, I feel like the movie left out the movie focused more on the House of Gucci, which was technically the name, yeah. rather than the murder, which is what they advertised. Right. So, right. Yes, yeah. that is my story. Yay! Good story. Good story. Good yeah, story. and I would highly recommend listening to the Wine and Crime episode. I think it was called Fashion Victims. Yes. Or and Fashion Crimes. Yes. Something like, and I think it was fashion victims because that's the actually that's the oh, term. Yeah. And they're yeah. like, haha, double entendre. Because they also yeah. covered another one that was really good, but Amanda did such a good job at this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I called I called you while we were while I was listening to it. I'm like, okay, I'm coming over and we're all gonna listen to it while we get drunk. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so yes. Uh, next week I will. Well, I'm gonna be done my finals this week, so next week I will actually be able to like 
not be finishing my script right before we start, which would be nice. <laughs> Although I made I sure that. because I love this episode, I made sure like I did put my whole heart into this. I just yeah. did it really quick. All right, guys, thank you for flying with us today. Join us in two weeks as we prepare your flight to St. Louis, Missouri, and be sure to check out the next day trip next week. Comment and share wherever you find your podcasts. It's a great way to help us out. Thanks for listening, and stay terrified. Ciao!